Hi guys, I am back. This is Lead Her Shift and I am here with April and I really want to share some deep conversations with her. I know she has a lot to offer to you guys <laughs> and this week we'll be delving even deeper into leadership and understanding from April's perspective, you know, based on her journey and what she's been through and how she's overcome different tri different challenges and triumphed in the end, you know, and learning from her perspective. So we'll just have a little chit chat here about her story, but then also delve more into how has it shaped her as a leader. And I'm so excited about this. <laughs> and before we get started, just recently, I saw a quote and I've been going over some information that I'm seeing on you and this quote jumped out to me so I'm just okay. going to read it and I want your perspective on this particular quote it says happiness is letting go of what you think your life is supposed to be or supposed to look like and celebrating it for everything that it is absolutely let that settle Absolutely. with you for a moment. What does that mean when you hear when you hear that? What does that mean for April? So what that means for me is basically just to live in the moment. I mm. think um, as leaders, as women, we tend to overthink it, right. and then that causes us to sometimes, you know, become sad or become, you know, live a life of despair. And I think happiness more about it's more about the moment. There, right. we, we, you know, we've always had challenges and, and we're probably going to always have some form of a challenge. So um, happiness to me means when, when I hear that quote, I think about just living in the moment and appreciating the things that you have now and being grateful and uh, being thankful for the small things and not so much as looking at the big picture all the time. Right. So, I think oftentimes we don't. <laughs> It's so funny. I've been having this conversation more recently now because of COVID, I think. Yes. Um, but I think oftentimes we don't, we don't take a time to pause and actually celebrate the little things or even things yes. that might seem so insignificant, might be even something that's huge to someone else, right? Mm -hmm. So my question is, what are the little things that April celebrates? What, what are the little things that gets you really in, happy to move forward with life? Wow. Just yesterday on my personal Facebook page, I actually posed this question. Oh. Um, yeah. I said, nice. you, know, you know, basically name something that you can think of uh, even in uh, during these tough times, what you can be grateful for and thankful yeah. for. And I thought about it. I woke up yesterday morning and, um, you know, when quarantine and I thought about, um, I looked over at my husband and I, you know, I just felt a sense of gratitude mm. um, because I was married before and I was, it was not a healthy relationship. It was very abusive. Um, it was toxic. And I just was so grateful to be in a situation you know, where I was happy, you know, mm. we're, we're, we're stuck at home. Um, there's nothing more we can do, but be with, be one with whomever uh, in the house with you. And I just felt grateful just to be with uh, my husband at the time. And, you know, at, in a time where, you know, things are so challenging and so troubling for a lot of people. So, yeah. you know, for some, you know, it was, it's, it was huge for me. It was huge for me because I, I did come from a place where um, it was not always a, a house full of peace, you know, a house that had peace and, and a house, you know, that was, had calmness. It was toxic and it was aggressive and it was always, you know, this negative energy. So it was small for, for, for some, but it was huge for me. Yeah. And it's so, it's so, it's one of those things where if we don't take those moments, honestly, we might let life passes by yes. <laughs> and not even realize how blessed we are to be honest a absolutely um, so i really appreciate you saying that you know because oftentimes we get so caught up in the big wins so mm -hmm. to speak and the mm -hmm. big accomplishments and just sometimes life is as simple as we, we are here we we are just being 
We're just you know, being, and we are you know? calm and happy, and we're just that's we're right. Just, we just are calm. just. I'm not <laughs> waking up to a fight. Yeah. I'm not waking yeah. up to, to you know an argument. Just being, just yeah. being able to wake just up and, and exhale. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that gives me a good, a good, <laughs> a good <laughs> feeling inside. Yes. So tell me about April. Who is April? Oh, wow. Do we have time? (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, you know, I think, I don't know, where do I start? Well, let me give a little background about who I am and where I come from. Um, I am a daughter of a a mother who has three girls. It was, I'm the middle. I have a younger sibling and I have an older sibling. And um, life was challenging for us. You know, we, my mom was an addict Mm. and, um, as a result of her addiction, oftentimes my sisters and I would be um, neglected. We would be left alone at home. Um, and um, by her not being there because she would leave to feed her addiction, right. I was left to be molested. Mm-hmm. Um, our home life was not stable. We moved a lot, living with relatives, again, being exposed to um, molestation, uh, abuse, and neglect. And um, through those years, you know, those childhood years, it was very trying for me. I grew up, um, when I got old enough in my teen years, I became very rebellious. I, you know, I wanted to be, I call myself being free of uh, what I was going through at home. Mm -hmm. During my teen years, my mom was still an addict. My dad wasn't really present. So I kind of uh, pretty much raised myself. You know, I was telling them, a friend of mine a long time ago, I don't remember having to answer to anyone. And I don't know how that sounds, you know, for most people, but just imagine a child or a teenager never having, never, never having to answer to anyone. I wasn't mm-hmm. accountable to anyone. I, I did my own thing. I never had someone on top of me about my grades, you know, asking for a report card. Um, I pretty much did what I want, wanted. Um, with little to no supervision. Um, I got, I got pregnant at 18 Mm -hmm. and I had my first child at 19 years old. And again, just trying to find myself and uh, live this life that, um, I I don't know, it was just toxic and just unruly and unhappy. But my, the birth of my baby changed something for me, Mm -hmm. you know, and it was at that point where, you know, a 19 year old, that was trying to find her way, who had moved out of the house from with her sisters and her mom into her own apartment, you know? And I'm like, what do I do now? You know, right. I have this child. And it was at that moment I decided to make some different decisions. I enrolled myself in college, really not knowing what I was doing. I'm a first generation college student. My mom didn't go to college, you know? So <laughs> didn't really have a, um, a model of what, mm. you know, I should do. And I kind of filled my way through um, just going through the motion and ending up with um, just, you know, let me try this. Let me try that. And hopefully it'll lead me to where I'm trying to get through. And uh, with that being said, I went through years of that, you know. I earned my AA degree. And then I said, you know, something about this that feels good, you know. Something about this feels right. Right. you know, I got a job. And then at that moment, you know, I realized that, okay, this wasn't enough. I need to do more. I have a child here. And um, I knew I wanted to be a teacher. And I wanted to be a teacher for, um, I had a love for kids. And then I wanted to have that time with my daughter. I wanted to make sure that what I didn't get, which was time with my mom, I wanted to be there for my daughter. So I became a um, teacher's assistant. And I decided, you know, I'm going to work in the school system and I'm going to be a teacher assistant, teacher's assistant. You know, it would afford me the opportunity to be home during the summers and be home on the weekend. And then I can spend this time with my daughter, you know, and then I I was doing a good job at it. And someone said, you should become a teacher. And I'm like, no, you know, I don't know about that, but let me try. So I ended up finding my way back at the university. Um, I went to school again I earned my bachelor's degree and then I, I became a teacher and then I started teaching and someone said you'll be a really good administrator and I'm like no <laughs> me <laughs> you know 
And um, long story short, I went back to school and I got my educational leadership degree, a master's and then a specialist degree. And then I became an assistant principal. So uh, you have a young girl that basically has gone through many trials and many tribulations. I had a whole lot of neglect and rejection, molestation, abuse, but I was determined and I was committed to make a better life for my daughter and not allow what I went through to hold me back and not afford a better life for her. And um, I ended up getting married and mm -hmm. having another child and um, life happened from there, you know? Right. So I tell this story of becoming, of going from teacher assistant to a school leader because it was, it was a, it, for me, it was something to be celebrated. You know, yeah, for sure. And it was to be celebrated yeah. because I never had the role models or the support or the resources to help me. It was just divine. It was divine mm. that it even occurred because, you know, with no guidance, no support, you know, no resources, I often wondered how it ever ha had really happened, you know? Yeah. So that's the short version of a little bit of what has happened for me. Right. And <laughs> There's so much that we could unpack here, but, mm -hmm. you know, I think one of the, the questions that comes to mind is why? Because I know, okay, there are many, many um, females out there who go through su su similar circumstances, mm -hmm. you know, and there are young teen moms and they go the other way and the, yes. by the other way i mean you know don't strive for excellence you know aren't ambitious you know just sometimes there might even be situations where they um repeat the cycle of doing of doing just that so my mm -hmm. my question to you is okay so yes your your child at the time was your inspiration but there must be something deeper and there must be something more to that i am assuming what do you I think believe, that why was for you you know what i believe the why for me was more innate it was something that mm. i always felt i was obligated to do right i felt that i was obligated to do better and to become more mm. um there was a i always had this small voice inside of me that said this story or this journey that I traveled, it's going to be to help someone else. Right. And um, certainly that's, I find myself doing that now, coaching ladies through some of the things that I've gone through. You know, I like to call myself the level up queen because, yeah, <laughs> because I've learned to level up through the obstacles, you know, mm. and it was basically one level at a time, mm. not, not having the big picture as a, you know, as a, a model or, or a framework. I just took it one level at a time. You know, mm. I went from an AA degree to a bachelor's, to a master's, to a specialist. Yeah. Not, you know, again, not looking at the big picture. And I, I didn't start at the AA saying, one day I'm going to get my specialist. Yeah. I just took, you know, I did it one level at a time. Mm. And I did it because um, I knew that I needed to be better. And I knew that what I had, I had as um, a visual for me, the, the neglect and the living from house to house and to coming home and, and seeing your furniture and your clothing on the front lawn. What I did know for sure is that I did not want that for myself. Mm. Um, and I did not want that for my kids. Yeah. So my, my why would be what I knew for sure. And what I knew for sure is I, I could not expose my child to the conditions that I was exposed to, if I could help it. Mm. And, and number two was, I knew it was better. I knew it was better out there. Yeah. Um, I knew it was better. And I, and I know that, you know, there are challenges and we all have, have them. But I also know that you're capable of overcoming challenges too. Yeah. And I held on to that. I held on to the other side. I knew that there's always the other side of whatever it is that you're going through. And so I would hold on to the other side. You know, mm. I'm just going to work until I see what's on the other side for me. And that was my mindset. Well, firstly, thank you. <laughs> thank you for pushing through because, you know, 
your story is truly inspirational. I mean, we'll probably have a conversation after this, but um, it really, I'm really intrigued by how persons overcome adversity, right? And so my next question to you would be, do you think in order to be successful or is impossible to be successful without adversity, do you think adversity is required as the foundation or as some stepping stone towards success? I think it's a very key component of becoming successful. And I say that because you don't know what you can become and who mm. you can become until right. you know, until you've experienced certain things in life. And um, I say that because I don't know if, um, if you always have a view of what success is, mm. you know, and if it's always there and available to you, then do you really have success? Yeah. Do you, do you really have, you understand? You know, yeah. if you've never really worked hard for it, if you've never had to earn it, if you never had to prove your way, is it really success or is it really, a, is it just a handout? Mm-hmm. I think, I think trials and adversity is who, is what shape you. You know, mm-hmm. I think challenges is what make you who you are. You don't know you're tough until you go through something that's tough. You know, one of my closest friends said to me, April, I, I wish I had your strength. And I remember looking at her saying, are you sure? Mm-hmm. Because this this strength came with some stuff, you know. Mm. It's the kind of strength that only comes with hurt. This the right. kind of strength that only comes from abuse and 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 you know challenges. This strength right. wasn't free. It wasn't given to me, you know. I had to earn this strength, you know. So um, to answer your question, I think it's very necessary that certain things happen because I believe it shapes you into who you are, into who you are to become. Mm. And one of the things you said that, um, you said you were intrigued. I I think um, I have a secret to overcoming obstacles and and just bouncing back from setbacks. And I believe that secret is mindset. Mm. It is the mindset. There Mm -hmm. is not one thing that we can face. There is not one challenge that we can, you know, that we can come across that if you just change your mind it starts here yeah starts right here in the mm-hmm. mind because here here's the thing every last one of us if you ask a million people a million people are going to tell you that they had something that they had to endure yeah so it is with the mindset that helps you go from where you are to where you you are trying to go yeah so no matter what happens there you have the chance to overcome that thing just by Oh, just by defeating your mindset. That mm. is the first step, defeating your mindset. I defeated my mindset. You know, I heard that I wasn't good enough. I was told that I would always be on government assistance. But in my mind, I was determined that that won't be my story. You yeah. know, I was determined to show the naysayers that, no, I'm going to be a little bit different, you know, than what my mom was to me, you know. But it was all up here. Yeah, you know, it was all up here. I didn't have the money. I didn't have the support. Yeah. So the only thing that I could attribute it to, of course, my relationship with God. Mm. But then my mindset, my mindset. That's powerful, you know. Just recently, I I was doing some some videos and stuff, and for some reason, mindset keep kept coming up, mm. and. I kept thinking about, you know, what truly is mindset? And in talking to a colleague, there was this, I don't want to say epiphany, but it was like, you know, oftentimes we hear that as a buzzword. (laughs) And, you know, persons like, change your mindset, change your mindset. It's like, okay, Mm -hmm. what does that actually mean? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And then we were like, you know, it's really just resetting how you see things, how you absolutely, you know, resetting your perspective, shifting, you know, what your outlook, yeah, shifting your outlook on what you want to achieve. And, you know, it, it reminds me of this saying that, um, goes along the lines of, is it really that we, because we often say, I'm trying to find myself as well. 
So mm-hmm. I, in, in building a mindset, I'm trying to find myself. I'm trying to, mm-hmm. I'm trying to shape this mindset, right? But is it that we are, we are trying to find ourselves or is it that we have to recreate ourselves? You have to you know? recreate. You have mm-hmm. to kind of get to that place where you want mm-hmm. to shift, right? Absolutely. So it brings me to the next question. I mean, this is, this is powerful stuff, right? It brings me to the next question of, would you say your leadership, how you understood leadership rather, and you can tell me at which point, but would you say that started with you as a teen mom, where you now had, had this little being essentially with a blank slate that you, mm-hmm. you, you, their, their life was in your hands, essentially. Would you say it started there? Or did it start before? Where did that, where did your understanding of leadership happen? Where was that shift that occurred? Oh, honestly, it did not start at, you know, when I had the birth of my child. It started Mm. when I was a full woman. Right. It started after growing, going through some things and growing through some things. Right. It It was a matter of just waking up one day and saying, you know what? This is the life I have but this is the life I want. Right. You know? So what can I do to create the life that I want? Mm. Um, you said something earlier. You said that, you know, you know, do we, we find ourselves trying to find ourselves. Mm. I don't think we find us, ourselves. I think we recreate. Yeah. Because who you are, that's who you are. You yeah. know, um, I read something before that said, you know, if you spend money frivolously now, when you get a million dollars, you'll still spend money frivolously. You know, <laughs> you, know? True. If, if, yeah. you know what I'm saying? You know, so if you, unless you do the work of recreating yourself, right? unless you put in the work of growing and maturing and healing and developing, who you are remains who you are. So right. we don't really find ourselves. You know who you are. I know yeah. that if the right buttons are pushed, I could possibly go from zero to a hundred, you know, True. I know that, you know, yeah. but I also know that I've been working on myself and I, mm. I, I've learned to find, you know, stillness in the, in the, in the, the chaos, you know, yeah. I've learned to calm myself. I learned to count to 10. I learned to, you know, um, so I don't know if we ever find ourselves. I think we always know who we are. I think we, who we are is who we are. Yeah. I think we we design ourselves and I think we recreate ourselves. Mm. And that's the difference. That's the difference in the mindset. Because mm. when you're finding yourself, you you still remain the same. But when you're rediscovering yourself or recreating yourself, you're doing the work. Because mm. you've realized in your mind that a change has to happen from who you are. You know, in order to become who you want to be, you got to create your different mindset. From the one yeah. who you are, you know, from the one who sees you for who you used to be, who you yeah. are. What what shifted for April? Why why is April no longer an assistant principal? What 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 shifted for you? What is it that you said? You know what? I need to move forward. I started on a journey of being free. Mm. You know. Um, after years of, you know, childhood abuse and neglect and just rejection, um, teenage years are tough. You know, I get married at a young age. That's tough. Um, I actually got married again. Um, my first husband had a child on me during our our marriage. Um, he was very emotional, emotionally and verbally abusive. So I endured that. Um, after having a house foreclosed on me, after having a car repossessed, after having a teenage daughter um, that was unruly, just challenges after challenges. Mm-hmm. At some point, I got to I got to the point where I said, you know what? Everything I do from here on out has to be about me. Yeah. I lived, you know, I lived for my children. I did um, the best that I I thought I could do. I gave them the foundation. You know, I made sure they they had a good education. They always had a roof over their head. Um, I was I was a good wife, you know. I was a good mother. I was a good employee, but I wasn't happy. 
You know, mm. I was at a place where I was not happy and I wasn't fulfilled. So if I'm doing everything right for my children and for my husband and even forgiving my mom, and now we had, you know, we have a relationship, but I still have a void. I realized that I was just finding myself, mm. you know, and it was at that moment I made a shift to say, you know what, my mindset now is going to be, I'm going to become the woman that I, that I'm choosing to be. I'm going to become, you know, whole. I'm going to become complete. I'm going to do the things that make me happy. And I'm no longer going to do the things that stay with the people that cause me the pain. And so the shift started happening there in my head, in my mind. I said, I like um, what I do as an assistant principal, but I wasn't whole. Right. I, I wasn't, right. I, you know, mm. it wasn't, I was, I did not feel complete. Um, it was a job for me and mm. I didn't want a job. I wanted a journey, mm. you know? Um, yes, I served in the capacity uh, of an administrator and I helped teachers and I helped countless children, but it didn't bring that level of joy that I had been searching for. You know, I knew that joy was still available to me. I knew what was still available to me and I was helping them finding that joy. I'd, I'd experienced enough pain. I wanted to get to joy and it wasn't there in that position. Yeah. It wasn't in that position. So I decided, you know, where is that joy? Where is that joy? Mm. It, it, it was there, you know, it was, where is it? And I, I just, wanted to get to the place of joy and I started doing the things and taking the steps that I thought would bring me that joy and I got there for all the women because there's what you know ugh, there's so much here there's so much to think about um <laughs> oftentimes women second guess themselves right yes um and I I'm mindful of of something you mentioned just now we're you spoke of the different roles, the wife, the mother, you know, the principal, these, all these different roles mm -hmm. you have that you're supposed to fulfill. And oftentimes there seems to be, and speaking to many women, there seems to be this burden of, I must be doing this right. I must finish mm -hmm. everything I need to do. Yeah. I must still keep up with everyone's demands and needs. Mm -hmm. and you know, then you speak about finding your home and finding your happy. And I'm always curious as to how does one even do that? Like, where, where do you even start to find? <laughs> is there one tip maybe that you can share maybe with a woman who's going through the same thing right now? What is mm -hmm. one thing, one step that they can take right now? to help them toward the process of finding their home? Oh, I would have to say to get free. And I mean that with, with everything in me, to get free from others' opinion of you, mm. to get free from uh, who people say you should become. The, nat mm. the natural uh, progression for me was to stay and continue my journey of administration. That's what my family said. You know, that's what my friends thought, but that's not what I wanted. Right. You know, so I got free from who, who, who uh, everyone else said I should become and what everyone else said I should do. And I just was free. You know, I rested in the fact that, yeah, I got a lot of curves and I need to lose weight, but you know what? It is what it is right now. Yeah. I'm free of the burden of, you know, trying to become this woman that everyone else thought I should be, mm. you know, I was free of feeling like, you know what? I wasn't good enough. I'm, I'm good enough for someone, you know, um, you know, and I got free to the fact that this person may not be for me. I'm, I'm not for everyone. You know, I got free in that fact. I'm not for everyone, you know, cause I'm going to be who I am and I'm going to, you know, be comfortable in the skin I am. I'm, I'm going to just, be my most authentic self. And whoever stays around during that process, that's who I belong to. Right. So once I realized that I'm not for everyone, you know, you're, 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 you're exclusive. 
you know yeah. you are handmade you are um, you are a selected item and oftentimes we put ourselves in this big old pot of who we have to become you know just for the world to accept us I got mm. free from the world you know I got free from opinions and I got free from judgment and I got free from my past and I got free from my fears so I would have to say that one word just just free yeah. you know just free free from who whatever what everyone else wanted or what everyone else thought and just it's now what do I want you know yeah what I makes think, me happy yeah I think oftentimes we are so busy looking at other people and hearing other person's opinions and even sometimes scrolling social media, for example, oh. and trying to pull from everyone else's yes. you know, pool of what, who they are yes. to create who you want to be. And it is- sometimes you, you create that false negative of, you know, this is not really who I am. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And it keeps you locked up and it keeps you boxed up. Just yeah. get free, you know? If you wear your hair natural, wear it natural. Yeah. You know, whatever whatever it is, if you, whatever you're into, just be you. Don't allow yeah. anyone else to, you know, make you become something you're not. Whatever yeah. you like, if it's makeup, if it's hair, if it's natural, if it's red, if it's blue polka dots or, you know, suits, just do you. And that's yeah. what, that's the conclusion I've come to. I'm free to do me. If I want to wake up in the morning and I put on a bikini, you know, and that's what I do. You know, I just, I'm free. I'm free. I think part of it is also like being free, but also owning it. Yes. Owning your freedom and, yes. you know, being auth- as authentic as you as possibly you can. can be. Okay. But also mm-hmm. I think, one of the things, one of the exercises I try to go through with some of my coaching clients as well is forgiving yourself. Yes. Then you don't get it right sometimes, yes. you know, when you feel like you've maybe stumbled a little bit, mm-hmm. take a moment to just forgive yourself. It's forgive okay. Yourself. Absolutely. You know, cause, cause nothing has truly dramatically shifted enough that it can't come back or it can't readjust absolutely you know um yes so that's some powerful that's some powerful stuff there um Mm -hmm. so tell me april about the america's leading ladies academy i'm very i'm very interested to hear more about that initiative that you founded and you know what what why Give me another why. Why why this academy? What what inspired this? I I established the America's Leading Ladies Academy when I was working as an administrator. And okay. what I noticed was I had a lot of girls and even women that was lacking the tools necessary to be successful. Mm. Um again, without for me, without a, you know, a role model or guidance or resources, I kind of just did it by trial and error. Right. And I, I noticed that a lot of young women and a lot of um, teenage girls, because I was in the middle school, didn't have the necessary tools to win. And what I, what was the common thread was leadership, mm. you know, and every, every child, every teenage girl that came into my office because there was a problem, it was a lack of leadership. She wanted to be a follower. Oh, I did it because this one dared me. Oh, I I wear my hair like this because she wears her hair like that. You know, it was all about the lack of leadership. And um, oftentimes I say to my kids and or um, I say to people that one of the things that I did have as a young girl was leadership. You know, I did a lot of things and I would hang out with a lot of people um, that wasn't doing the right thing all the time. And I would be in those circles and I would say, well, you know, I'm here, but I ain't got to do that, what you're doing, you know? I may hang around, but I ain't got to do that, you know? Mm. I was, even though I was doing things that were not, you know, appropriate, I was still a leader in the midst of the foolishness, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I don't even know if that makes sense. Yeah, it does, totally. uh, You know, so 
I always had leadership skills. I, I didn't want to follow the crowd, you know. I, I, I don't believe in following the trend. I set the trend, you know. I just wanted to do my own thing. And I, I just wanted girls to know that it's okay being you. Yeah. It's okay. Because when you show up as your most authentic self, your true friends are going to find you. That's it. You know, when you show up, as who you are meant to be, your real relationship will happen. You know, mm. you don't have to do these things for that little boy. And if ever it comes a time where he asks you to do things that are not comfortable for you and you know in your heart that it's not right, that's not the relationship for you. True. You know, and there were women teachers that would come into my office and cry about, you know, bad relationships or poor choices that they've made. And I said to my myself, you know, there, there are some things that we as women, we need at our foundation. And um, I believe that is a lesson in leadership and mm. what that looks like. And um, for me, I decided that this academy would be, you know, a starting place for you to go from being ordinary to your extraordinary, you know? Love it. You know, I had an a vision from just taking you from a starting place. And that means if you have bad credit, then we're going to find a way to get your credit straight. It means that if you lacked, um, if you were insecure, we're going to get you some self-confidence, whatever it is that you need. This academy pretty much develops a program for you. Right. So the leading ladies, America's leading ladies was created to give a give each woman their own personal blueprint for success. Mm. Because what you need, I may not need. And what mm. I like, you may have. That Our paths are different. We all are individuals. But every program is created with one woman in mind. True. You know? And we all don't need the same thing. We all, we all don't need the same thing. What I needed was, I needed support. You know? Right. I lived a life where I always felt rejected, you know? Um, and neglected. So I just needed someone to say, girl, you know, I got you, you know? to hold my hand or, or to give me a hug, to say, I'm here for you when these when times get hard. And um, that may not be what you, you need it, you know? So yeah. with this academy, it gives you a personal blueprint. I call it a personal leadership plan for Thanks. getting to the very best version of you. Mm. And through that uh, organization was birthed the April D. Graham Leadership um, Coaching um, business is what I do now. So I do the mentoring organization as my give back to the young ladies, um, teen ladies and or young ladies that are still trying to uh, um, rediscover themselves. And then I coach ladies that, you know, just get more stuck and need to need that extra push to get to their next level. Right. I, I tell my husband, it's levels to this thing. So I just help you get to your next level. It's levels to this. You know? Stop it. Yes. You it's you say that, right? This. But I say that to my husband almost <laughs> every week. That's I kid right. you not. I said there's levels to this thing. It's you levels it. to this. It is levels to this. Oh, you said think it. about it. It's levels from becoming a girl to becoming a woman. It's yeah. levels to being in debt to becoming debt free. It's yeah. levels to becoming you know, to coming from, you know, an unhappy place to joy. It's mm. levels to this thing. Yeah. So um, I try to give you, you know, help you get through your levels. That is amazing. And it's so funny because I was intrigued particularly by that because I founded an organization a few years ago called I Am A Girl. And a lot of the premise of that is pretty much some of what you, you, your organization is built around in the, in the sense that it's, it's guiding young girls or young women to mm -hmm. see their true value, to see yes. their true worth, and to understand that resilience is something you can build mm -hmm. and all the other skill sets and all the other um, parts of your personality you have, right? Um, so I, I, I felt, I felt, a kindred spirit here, I should say, in <laughs> yeah. um, seeing that such an organization that exists out there, and I know there are many, yes. but it's so beautiful to see when, you know, young women have a community 
that they can thrive around because yes. you know there's always this this perception that you know we can't we work to, together you know we have to compete. you know there's always we always mm-hmm. like loggerheads um yeah so that's you know my question to you was your perspective on women like working and leading together what does that look like for april Oh man, I live by that. I believe young girls who are still developing, they compete. Real women collaborate Mm. because we know the power in coming together. We understand that it's necessary, you know, for us to put a team, you know, to have a team um, to help these women, to help the ladies that we're leading, you know? So what that looks like for me, is just, you know, unity, you know, it's, it takes a village. To it even does. raise, you know, or or to help develop the girls that are coming, you know, behind us. It takes a village. Yeah. So I understand that the S I understand the power in a partnership, you know. Mm. I understand what collaboration can do for a whole generation. I understand that. And I think it's so necessary yeah. because we are fragmented already as a people, but then as a community of women, we tend to be fragmented, you know. Mm. When we, if we just operated as a whole and what Mm. that looks like is just supporting one another, just imagine what we could do. Just imagine what we could do. It's true. It's true. And in your experience throughout your different uh, levels (laughs) of (laughs) career and, you know, the professional space, have you ever faced any, any gender issues, any any issues specifically because you are a woman and because, you know, you are female? What, is there anything that you can maybe point to in terms of a story that you could share? Um, the only thing that I could think of off the top of my head, I don't know if it was gender mm-hmm. or just more, but, well, the situation was, and it kind of, guided my decision to leave the school system. When I was the assistant principal, my boss um, came, called me in to tell me that he was being promoted. Now I was, I was um, placed at a school where the principal and I, we were um, the first administrators of the school. Oh, so we, we opened nice. this particular school, you know, we were the first administrators, we opened it and um, so we were appointed, you know, here at this location. And, you know, I was very instrumental in the school um, being successful. You know, I was very hands-on with, with the curriculum. And we were, you know, we got a letter grade of A. And that was a, that's a big deal here in, in where I'm from. Mm-hmm. And so I know that I've done my part for the school to be, you know, successful. I, I, I did my part, you know. And I was being, you know, I was being called upon to train other administrators. So that had to say something, you know, in terms of my work. And um, when my principal got promoted, they, you would think that they would place me in that position. I was ready to go, you know, I was ready to just move right up into the position. And they placed a male there. Mm. And... um, Yes, and I was told this school was a challenging school. It was challenging in, ter- in terms of the discipline. And I was told that, you know, this was a school that needed, you know, male figure, you know, to be present. So I don't know if that was the case. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if that was truly why they decided to place a male there when I was there ready to become the next administrator of the school. But it happened. It happened. Mm-hmm. And it's a little, so I hear that story, but it's a little difficult to feel like it, it could, it couldn't possibly be anything other than that. Right. right. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you were there, you were primed, you, mm-hmm. you, you started there and mm-hmm. you had the experience. Yep. No one knew that school better than my boss and myself. We knew that yeah. we were the only two knew the dynamics of the school. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. And how did that make you feel? Um, feel in terms of going through and, and feeling overlooked in that sense? That's a big one. Um, because 
it re it brought me back to the place of rejection that I felt from my mom. Mm. So I, you know, here I am, 40, 30, 40 years old at the time, saying, gosh, again, at 40, mm. I'm, I'm being rejected again, you know? Um, I'm always working hard trying to prove myself and still that's not good enough. Right. So it, it kind of took me back to that place of rejection, mm. you know? And me feeling like, you know what, here again, I'm not good enough. So that is why I started this journey of being free. You know, right. that is probably one of the things that catapulted me into this new mindset of, you know what, I know I worked hard at this place. I know that there was nothing more I could do to prove my worth. And that wasn't good enough. So everything from here on out is about me getting to that place called joy. Nice. And for you, in all, I mean, you've had a myriad of experiences, mm -hmm. professionally, personally. How would you define leadership? Like, what is, when you hear the word, like, what does it truly mean to you? When I hear leadership, um, I think the only, the first thing that comes to mind is servitude. Mm. I think of serving. I think a good, you cannot be a good leader without being a good servant. Right. Um, I'm now currently, I'm a boss. I own my own childcare facility, mm -hmm. but I'm there sweeping floors and cleaning faces and changing diapers and doing whatever it is the other ladies do, the other workers do, you know? Um, I, I just see myself as a servant, you know, someone that's here to do something that's bigger than me, you know, people hear the title leader and they think that that's the boss that sits at the desk and, you know, we make all this, the decisions. No, a good leader involves the team. They don't right. make all of the decisions. A good leader, you know, do the same job that they're requiring of their, of their employees. A good mm. leader, you know, they, they start from the act of service first. Yeah. And my motto is I serve my students first, I serve my staff next, and then I serve myself. Right. So that's what leadership looks, looks uh, like for me. Yeah. About serving. Because, you know, there's, there's, there's always this uh, narrative mm -hmm. that, you know, well, we grew up in a way with this narrative of, you know, if you're not in a certain position and have a different mm -hmm. title and, mm -hmm. you know, have certain responsibilities, you couldn't possibly be a leader. And oftentimes we don't identify ourselves as leaders, even as a mother, you know, that's a leadership role. That's a leadership role, Absolutely. right? And then there's this perception of what, is, what does that mean? So it might mean you come in earlier than your staff and leaving mm -hmm. later than them, you know, to con, you know, cause you're really, you're really influencing what happens in this space. You're creating that culture of what happens in this space and why should they yes. work harder than you, you know, exactly. why, why, and, 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 mm. and not see you work just as hard as they, they are, as you want them to work. Yes. You know? So you're kind of setting that benchmark, for for them for the team and creating yes. that environment you know but here's the thing it's not about even the title or the position it's right. about the person right it's about the person there's children who are leaders yes you know they're you know yes. so it can be it's about the, it's about more about the person and what you're doing to develop others and to lead mm -hmm. others how what example are you setting you know, yeah. sometimes leaders are leaders. They're not good leaders, but they're still leaders. Yes. You know, they persuade you to do things that are, you know, not good, but in, in their own right, they're still leaders, you know? That's it. So I, I see leadership as just serving to develop, create, or either, you know, to help something grow that's bigger than you. It's outside uh, of you. Yeah. And as a... As an entrepreneur, as someone who started different ventures, um, as someone who has been at the starting point of different ideas, you had an idea and you ran with it, mm -hmm. you know, what would you say is some of the key things to have in building, in building businesses, in building 
you know, the life that you want to build? What are some of the key things you have to have in your toolbox? Oh, um, well, first and foremost for me is my faith. Mm. You know, I believe that we all have to have something to believe in. Right. And, and whatever that is that, you know, you believe in, you got to be able to go back to that thing. You got to be able to hold on to that. And for me, it was my faith in God. You know, I knew that I was not what my life dictated. Mm. You know, I knew that my pain was only for a purpose because I could be amongst a thing, but I was, I would always feel like I didn't belong. Right. You know, I never embraced poverty, even though it was all I saw, you Mm. know, I never embraced it. I didn't feel right to me. You know, I never embraced lack. I knew that I didn't belong at that place called lack. I knew I was meant to live an abundant life, whatever that looks like. And I'm not, and I don't mean that to say like a million dollars, millions of dollars. Yeah. Living abundant life means so much more than money. You know, I knew that having, you know, I'm a, I have a, I'm a person that has a good heart and that comes with something, you know? So for me, it's just that I realized on my journey, throughout my journey, that what has happened was not indicative of where I was going. Right. It, it was part of the process. It was only a part of the process. So just having that mindset, again, that word, I throw it out a lot because it is yeah. the key. Just having the mindset to just understand who you are as a person, um, knowing what makes up who you are, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. And making a conscious effort to heal and deal with the bad, but also making the conscious effort of illuminating the good, Mm. you know? And that's what I did. That's what I did. It's the only difference I've done in this world, um, in my life, just realizing who I was. I came to terms with who I was. I got to know April. And who she is as a person and what what she liked and what she didn't like and what made her happy, but what caused her to be sad. And I was, you know, I did the work of just going through those things and figuring out what was healthy for me and what was not healthy. And and was hell-bent on getting to my place of joy. And I hear you mention getting to know yourself but the good bad the ugly so all sides and spheres of yourself and not mm-hmm. not trying to hide any part of that mm-hmm. and you know i i oftentimes feel like just society kind of tells you i don't necessarily always want to see the ugly you know i don't mm-hmm. i don't necessarily want to believe in the ugly um and not only society, but even those around us. So, yes. you know, mm-hmm. for you, what did it take to build that circumference around you? You know, in, in terms of, because I know you mentioned earlier, you know, persons getting into your ear and saying different things and telling mm-hmm. you who you're supposed to be and da, da, da. Yeah. What did it take to build that circumference around you? that is required to ensure that that mindset stays, stays positive? Um, because I, I tried being what everybody else thought, you know, <laughs> I tried to dress like what everyone said, you as a girl, that's a big girl. You should dress, you shouldn't wear sexy clothes because, mm. you know, or you shouldn't do this because you're this. And I, I tried all of that stuff. But it was just me realizing that I am this person. And it, it even went so far as me writing a list out of right. who I am, those things that I love about myself, mm. and those things that I need to change about myself. And once I realized that the good outweighed the bad, my focus became on being more of what that thing is that's good in me. You know, right. I, I know that that I can encourage you. And I know that I'm a motivator and I know that I'm a supporter. I, I became more of that, you know? Mm. And I kind of just dimmed the light on those things that were not good at, 
good um, that I was not good at and and those things that were not good about me not to dismiss it but to not give it so much attention you right. know realize that these are the areas that I need to grow from I'm going to do the work I'm going to make sure that I'm making a conscious effort to you know be better but I'm going to put my energy into being the best version of April that I can become yeah. and you know so the circumference was first just having that faith and having a relationship with God enough to know that it is his desire. It is his wish that we become, you know, the best who we're supposed to be. And after understanding that who I was created to be, I knew that the journey should be about becoming the person you were created to be, you yeah. know? And I just wasn't willing to get off the journey for anyone or anything else. Mm. I, I discovered that, you know, through my relationship and spending time through meditation and prayer, I discovered that I'm supposed to live a certain life. And right. that means to change lives. That means to impact futures, you know, that means to serve others. So if it didn't look like serving or changing or impacting or empowering, I really, I don't want any parts of it. So mm. the circumference, the circle became smaller because mm. I was able to identify if, okay, if, if, if it didn't feel like empowering, if it didn't feel like support, if it didn't feel like changing lives, if it didn't feel like serving, that's not the circle I'm supposed to be in. I'm not supposed to be, that shouldn't be in my circle. Yeah. Okay. What? Go ahead, go ahead. And I just, you know, realized that what should be in my circle. I'm going to surround myself uh, with that. And I'm going to give my energy to more what what did feel like empowering and what did feel like support and what does feel like encouragement and what does feel like serving others, you know, and what does feel like happiness and joy. Those are the things that you got to build your framework around. You got to, mm. you know, you got to make sure everything is is shaped around who you are at your core right not only who you are at your core but the person that you are also becoming mm. you know i speak to so many different professionals and oftentimes we have these conversations and why bring up the the surround surrounding yourself with is because your inner circle plays a huge part yeah. in how you stay on track and and how you stay the course right and oftentimes i hear persons in three different categories so mm -hmm. i'm so glad to hear you say you know the circle got smaller yes um oftentimes persons don't necessarily uh reduce their circle Sometimes their circle might get bigger, which is, mm. which is another extreme. Yes. But then sometimes their circle remains the same, the same. which is often concerning. And you're not growing. Yeah. And is, is that question, you know, I've heard persons say, well, you know, I know me, so they can be there, but I may not necessarily pay attention to them. So they exist in this space, but mm. I may not necessarily pay attention to them. What are your thoughts on that specifically? Well, I find that concerning for several reasons because I think we should always be present. Mm. And if, if something doesn't exist to you, then either you're not present or you're not a, a, aware of what's happening in your everyday. Right. Because everything you do, every person that you encounter, every relationship that you're in, Every, every situation is a little bit of who you are mm. or what you are allowing in your space. And whatever that thing is, it tends to shape you. If you're constantly around the negative and you're constantly being available to what's unhealthy or what's unnatural or what doesn't feel right, that's what you're going to become, you know? Mm. So, so if you're, once you get in touch with who you are and once you decide to make your journey of becoming, you kind of put um, boundaries up now, yeah. you know? So what I would allow before, I'm not willing to, I'm not willing to engage in that right now, mm. you know, where I once accepted, I'm going to reject this time, you know? Right. 
what used to feel comfortable for me is very, it's feel a little bit unfamiliar. I don't want, you know, I don't want any parts of that. So um, it, it's, yeah, it, it just means that you got to always be aware of you. You're supposed to grow. Right. You know, and if you, if you are at the same place, you know, a lot of the ladies, I start my coaching by asking them this question. Are you this at the same place you were five years ago? I want you to think back five years in your life. Are you mm. still in the same job? Are you still doing the same thing? Do you still have the same feelings? Do your right. bank account still look the same? Mm. You know, what has changed? If there is no evidence of growth, we have a problem. That means you are either A, are not dwelling in your, you're not aware of what's happening in your life, or you've disconnected from the fact that you're supposed to be on a journey. Right. You're supposed to be constantly on a journey. And so um, I ask that question because we got we to gotta remain aware of us, you know, of what's happening with us. Because the goal is to always grow and to always touch and always serve and always reach. If that's the goal, then that's going to require you to constantly grow through these levels. And you're going to constantly have to get do things differently so if it's not happening some you know something's not right yeah something's definitely wrong there mm-hmm. april this has been amazing thank you oh. so much and i just have wow. one question my last question to you would be for any woman out there any professional no matter the industry no matter the space who is either starting growing or shifting in some way in their leadership what advice would you give them on their journey so this is leadership whether in life their career in business it doesn't matter what advice would you give i would say until you get to know yourself who you are and what you are about what your extraordinary looks like for for you Mm. you're going in circles you're just, you're swimming upstream. I would say get in touch with yourself first. Get to the core of who you are supposed to be in this life and what your journey is. I know so many women that are lawyers because mom thought you should go to law school. Mm. You know, I know so many women that are employees that should definitely be bosses, you know, but because they want to be safe and they want to do, you know, things Mm. that the family thing we stay on the journey that what everyone else thinks for us get to the core of who you are there is freedom there there is freedom at that place called self but until you get to that place you're gonna always be what everyone else think you should be or who you you're not aware of mm. you know that place will help everyone be the leader because i believe and like you said no matter what industry you're in um no matter what you're doing in life every leadership role starts with someone identifying who they are as a person you know and coming to terms with that you know and being able to just take the journey of developing into that leader that there there are some good some bad um at the core of my journey to be a leader was to serve to change lives um mm. that that's what i'm interested in you know i'm not in- interested anymore in coaching you to get money i'm interested in coaching you into changing generations you know mm. that's at the core of who i am now i want to be able for you to change the mindset of your children of your children's children I wanted you to be, I want you to be, I want to coach you to the point where I can show you that it's not about having bad handbags and nice shoes. Yeah, that comes along with the journey, if that's your choice. But I want to set something up for you. I want to put you on a path where you can leave a legacy for your children to be able mm-hmm. to say, you know what, obstacles are going to come, you know, it's, in, it's inevitable, you know, um, sidetracks will happen. Obstacles are, you know, they're going to be present, but setbacks are, it's it. We're going to have setbacks, but guess what? Overcoming is a thing too. True. You know, winning is a thing too, you know? So just get to the core of who you are and 
understand that your journey is different from anybody else's. You have your own personal journey. Don't live mine out. Don't walk out someone else's. Walk your journey. Because at the end of your journey, somebody's waiting on you. Mm. Somebody is waiting for you to become the best version of yourself. You know, I'm supposed to touch a certain group of people. I'm supposed to be the leader of a tribe of, of certain individuals, you know, but I won't be able to get to them and, and do what I need to do for them until I be, become aware of who I am and what that journey looks like for me, you know, right. or getting core of who I am as a person. And um, that's just where I am with that. I just believe that every woman or every leader, every person that's aspiring to do better and to become better would have to start with getting to know them first. What mm -hmm. is your goal? You know, what are your aspirations? If it's to change um, a community, then you need to start conducting yourself or preparing yourself or seeing yourself or doing the necessary work to change communities. But right. you won't know that until you do the work, until you get to know yourself until you realize who you are as a person. Um, it is somebody else's goal just to influence their family, you know, to be the very best mom. And that if that's your goal, then you make sure you do everything that you're supposed to do to be the very best mother that you're supposed to be. It's just mm. knowing who you are and getting in touch with what you want. What What's for me is different from you, for, you know, what's for you. True. Um, Someone asked me a question. If you could have your dream house, would you be living in a mansion? No, I wouldn't. You mm. know, who's going to clean that damn thing? You know, I don't want, you know, <laughs> and hell, I'll be, I wouldn't visit any of the rooms. No, I would not want a mansion, you know? So it's about getting to know you and what you want. You know, your goal may be to retire on an island and just live in a hut and drink out of coconuts. Yeah. That should, if that's your goal, then you do that. You should not be or become anything outside of who you are and what's mm. best for you and who you are to serve. And that's it in a nutshell. Because we're not called to everyone. You're not called to everyone. You got to get on your path to discover who you are for. That's it. That's, that's a perfect, perfect ending mm -hmm. to this leadership call. Um, Thank you so much, April. I think wow. some of the biggest nuggets that came out of this were, you know, discovering who you are, but also discovering who you would like to be. Yes. And understanding a little bit about what it will take. What that journey is. Yeah, what that journey will be, you know. Mm -hmm. um, another nugget that came out was understanding what is required to shift your mindset. Oh, absolutely. You know, mm -hmm. and having the right mindset is going to lead you on the journey that is necessary for you. And I also took away, you know, there's different ways to influence. There's different ways mm -hmm. to lead. Yes. But at the core of all that leadership is first leading yourself. Leading yourself. <laughs> mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Leading for, yourself. Yeah, thank you so much for having this conversation, chiming I in. Thank and, you for having me. Yes, of course. <laughs> um, we should have this conversation again. I don't know, but I, I feel... I feel truly blessed to be able to hear your story and I've taken so much from it myself. And I know that others who will listen to this will as well. So thank you a lot, April. Thank you for, for being here me. and we'll be in touch. <laughs> thank you for this opportunity. Of course. Of course. No problem at all.